0: You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show. I'm Eli Steenlidge. On this episode, we talked to Dr. Alex G. about the latest Marvel film, Black Panther. Dr. Alex G. is a community and social entrepreneur, author, cultural theologian, adjunct professor, family and men's counselor, lead pastor, and community organizer and developer. He has pioneered the Aniyah Center for Urban Leadership Development, and more recently started the citywide movement called Justified Anger in Madison, Wisconsin. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us, Alex. Sure. Uh, Yeah, we just wanted to ask you about the film, us being two white guys, and we were going to definitely talk about the film. You guys are white? Yeah, it's with this tasty pink stuff. Can't see it on the radio. Okay. Oh, man. This is a setup. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. I know. I know. Um, So we have been. Working towards bringing some more diversity to our podcast in general, trying to get some more female guests besides sure. just a bunch of men as well, and also people of color. Sure. So we appreciate that. Um, so we're talking about Black Panther, and mm. we just saw it last night, actually, Jeremy and I. It's true. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but my first question is, um, this being you know, in the Marvel Universe... Um, what was like maybe growing up? Your favorite superhero, or do you have a favorite superhero now? Oh
1: man, that's a great that's a great question. My mom was really into Marvel. She collected mm. um, comic books. I just sort of stayed on the light end. Like I like Casper, Richie Rich, <laughs> All right. um, Archie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I so those aren't Marvel. You know, I just sort of hung yeah, out yeah. in that comics. part of the of the comic world. But I absolutely. Um, I loved Batman. That's that's my my all time mm-hmm. favorite yeah. um, superhero. So okay. that's where I grew up. I'm a kid of the '60s, yeah. '60s yeah. and '70s. So that's why I love growing up.
2: Is there something yeah. about Batman that made you like him, or that?
1: You know, I um, again I watched the television shows. Yeah, so I know him from the yeah. TV show, not yeah, necessarily yeah. the comics. Um, his dry humor. He was yep. he was witty, and um, I like the partnership with uh, with Robin. But um, mm-hmm. he, he was. Strong and compassionate, but yet kind of stoic. But I just I liked his demeanor. There was something yeah. about him that commanded respect. But I always thought Batman was mm-hmm. was cool. And he always got out of stuff. So no matter how um, cornered he may have seemed at the time, he always got out. And I waited for that yeah. moment. Then I tied towels around my neck and run through the house, jumping on sofas, <laughs> trying yeah. to be like Batman. Yeah. So
0: speaking of Jeremy and I just seeing the film, uh, we saw it together. And sitting next to us was a mother... Uh, who was black with her young son um, was pretty young and so it was cool to see that uh, I I don't know that it was his first theatrical film that he'd seen but it seemed like it he was asking a lot of questions which was (laughs) which was fun and and towards the beginning I heard him say like you know when Black Panther first shows up in his costume he kind of said like is he a hero or a villain um wow to, to ask her what was going on, and I also just like little moments when we actually see in Wakanda and everybody's together, um, there's this African drums, and he was like dancing in his seat and, and really into it, so I, I appreciated that experience, kind of mm-hmm. living it through his young eyes, but what do you think it means for maybe a black child to go see a superhero film, because I'm sure he's seen lots of superhero films by this point, what do you think that means to him, or and parents bringing their kids to something like that?
1: Well, I, I think it means a lot. I think the fact that we have to talk about it, that I'm being asked about it, shows that it's it's not the norm; it's the exception. Yeah. And I think the flip side of that is, is that every time a white child goes to a movie, they identify with the person, even though yeah. the Incredible Hulk is green, they probably still think he's white. Mm-hmm. Um. And and you know other movies like that although they you know you know Pixar and others use you know various colors for Shrek or whoever yeah, but people yeah. don't think they're really a personal color because they're green or pink or whatever you know Barney's mm-hmm. white you know Woodsy yeah. Owl is white um, but it shows the preponderance of hero figures that white children get to see on the screen on mm-hmm. television um in real life in stores yeah. wearing badges having offices running for power and so I think it points to the real thirst that the black community has of seeing positive role models. Mm -hmm. And um, and because we don't see enough of them, even in our communities, that people actually run to the big screen Mm -hmm. to have this collective exhale to say a black hero. Who's proud to be black and strong? And is doing good things. It's 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 heartening and disheartening at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's heartening because it's very beautiful. But then you walk away thinking, I won't have this reality in life, and I've got to return here on the IMAX to really experience yeah. this level of black, um, level of beauty of, of celebrating the beauty of um, of um, my blackness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we also get um, with the
0: this made up uh, nation of Wakanda mm-hmm. um, is not real, but this is a very positive view of uh, African nation that was not affected by colonization right. um, or any of those factors. And so I think that's something else we haven't really seen on screen um, before, I would say. I mean, w- right. what's your view of that?
1: You, being a, um, I'm a history buff and, and and love reading about it and trying to learn from history. Um, you tend to think of, of, um, Marvel and these kinds of movies as yeah. a step away from reality. People yeah. don't really fly or become 50 size, 50 times their own size. Yeah. But I sat there thinking, is this where African nations were heading before colonization? So for me, it's not looking way in the future because I don't expect people to fly like Superman or shoot webs out yeah. of their wrists like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But I looked at that movie thinking, man, I mean, we had some technology. Yeah. Look, at, look at the pyramids, look at the societies, mm-hmm. look at the ancient universities, look at you know um, hieroglyphics. And so is this what life would have been like before um, colonialism and and the meddling that 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 outsiders brought? So, um, again, the, the sort of bittersweet kind of thing, it was very encouraging, but I felt very, very sad because I kept thinking this could have been. Mm-hmm. this this could have happened yeah. and I've never felt that in any other um, Avengers or Marvel movies I don't think oh this yeah. oh this could really take place you know Captain America is not going to really mm-hmm. you know be in ice forever and then come back to life but um, that sense of sadness of what the world lost and what children lost and what young boys mm-hmm. like the guy sitting next to you in a movie theater mm-hmm. lost and won't have yeah. um, was almost overwhelming for me in mm-hmm. the movie
0: mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think it, it it kind of goes both ways it is sort of bittersweet uh, we talked about uh, Wonder Woman last year and mm-hmm. they had this island of just women that was very empowering I think right. for for women um, and I think in a similar sense this can sort of be something that people can kind of envision it gives them an inspiration of like what could be mm-hmm. um, and also brings to light how it wasn't um, didn't develop that way um, sure so yeah I, th- I mean hopefully it's somewhat of an inspiration it is yeah.
1: what's what's interesting and this has happened with history, but it's happening in, in present present day um, scenarios as well, uh, particularly with, with um, African-Americans. When there was strides made after the Emancipation Proclamation or during Reconstruction, the backlash of the KKK and the NRA and other kinds of things to really, you know, law enforcement to help keep black people in place, mm-hmm. um, the proliferation of those responses happened in response to blacks being making progress. Mm-hmm. Um Separate but equal happened as blacks were making progress. And so um, I was just, I was discouraged by when Wonder Woman came out. My, my daughter obviously is African-American but loved the movie Wonder yeah. Woman because of the empowerment yeah. of women. So she's frustrated. I'm frustrated because men were upset that women were organizing women-only viewings of that. It's like <laughs> we have enough places to go. We have country clubs. We have Rotary. Yeah. We have things that we can do that's guys only. But just the fact that women are saying we want to do this on our own—that just seems so um, um, weak. Mm-hmm. And so the pushback with with Black Panther: Well, why are there only just two main white characters? And what's up with this? And what's the language? And what's the symbolism? And why is it okay for you to do the Wakanda Forever thing? And 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 you know, I'm not supposed to. And that's not really a hard and fast rule. It's just sort of an understanding. Um, <laughs> but but the response to that. So even so, so you're, I mean, you're making a great point, Eli, that, yeah, I'm very encouraged. But then when you read this negative stuff in response to something that is like monumental, it's yeah. history making. And then people are just on the side, like, you know, pissing and groaning and just saying, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't right. And why do black people have to do this? And that's just weird. I mean, like, so folks get to run the whole world and then you have, you know, a 115 minute flick and then. White guys are freaking out, yeah. you know. Wonder, you know, the women have Wonder Woman, and men are freaking out because they want to go to a movie where women are just trying to gather and process stuff. So mm-hmm. I got, it. what's up with white men and that kind of stuff? What's I know it's your show and your interview, but oh, uh, we, we've talked about that. And we, we don't know either. Yeah, I won't, yeah, we won't go down that road. But wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can answer that, but, um, I, I mean, there's like a. Anytime people are asked to give up privilege in like some sort of abstract sense, the like the privilege, you know, re- responds to that. But it's also like, like I think I don't know, as, as a as a white man, like I know that half the sh- stuff I get. Mm. It's like I didn't earn it, you know. Like I walk into a store and like and they're like, oh, he's cool. And then like a black man walks in and they're like eyeing him up a little different. I'm like I see what you're doing. I didn't, I didn't, right. I didn't did not commit crimes to like do this. I just showed up. And I think when 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 something like this comes up and there's a little bit of conflict, um, it just. Calls that totally fragile absurdity of privilege into question. Yeah, you just um, answered it for me. That's and then good. it's like you, you know, and, and, and then the white fragility is not just so much how I feel about it, but it's like it literally falls apart because there's not much to hold it together.
1: Right, right, um, right. Because if we said if we're gonna have an all white male showing, oh yeah, we, we, we totally uh, Twelve angry do jurors that. or whatever, you know, whatever the movie is, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. um you know, some Orson Welles movie or something like that. Um, then you know, we, we'd be called, you know, we'd be called racist. And so, yeah, it's it's
2: one of the more, I mean, one of the more inspiring things I've heard recently. Recently on the news is like the some of the kids in California, or kids in Florida, like responding to like the gun stuff. Right. You know, and like there's this one young lady who gave this speech. It's like we we hear that like more guns are gonna save lives, and like we call BS. And there's this whole series of her, her saying these things. I, I mean, I just there's just some there's some point. Um, that like all this discourse of privilege is it, it's just bunk. Yeah. Like mm. and, and and there's there's all kinds of insidious narratives and watchwords, personal responsibility, all this dog stuff. whistle right. stuff. Yeah, the, it, 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 it it works. The system they're like antibodies to have the system work. Yeah. Um, but at some point, it's just it's just bunk. Yeah. It's, and and we all know that. Right. Like we all we all know that I you know that like I have to assert my privilege at some point or it'll go away.
1: Ooh. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I hear you. So, speaking kind of of like mm-hmm. um, the system and sure. how uh, some of these things are coming to the surface, and you know, uh, you may know about it, but you know, it's not in the general, general right, knowledge. Right. But I saw an article recently um, quoting Ava DuVernay, mm-hmm. um, who has the wrinkle of time coming out soon, sure. which is sure. the most money given to um, not just a woman, but a black woman to make you know, a blockbuster film. And Black Panther made more money. In its first weekend, than Justice League made in its entire American run. So a lot of people. <laughs> That's crazy. Are, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, crazy.
2: The Justice League movie is trash. Just Yeah, that, yeah absolutely. That trash. is part of it. Yes.
0: Um, but still, there's you know these large name superheroes in that film that draw a lot of people. Sure. So a lot of people are saying, well, you know, this is a, a huge win, which it is. Um, for I think people of color. Sure. But uh, she was at an event for um, W Hotels where she was speaking, and so she made some comments, and you know. She, she was really saying that uh, these are moments that are not sustainable unless there's systemic change. Um, we sit on top of a broken system. Unless there is systemic change, we're just the sparkly stuff on top of that that makes people feel good. Um, and what she's referring to is, you know, people are starting to name, you know, Ryan Coogler made um, Black Panther. Um, Barry Jenkins made Moonlight, um, which was uh, mm-hmm. quite a big hit last year. Dee Reese made Mudbound, Um which was a Netflix film this year. So people but she's saying, you know, this is the amount of people you can count on one hand. Right. This this is not even normal. This is not really that big of a change. Um, we're just talking about this. So uh yeah, I, I think you would probably agree, but maybe you can talk more about this. Like, this is a good step, but we can't just say like, well, now we have black representation in blockbuster films or something. Sure. We're good. Sure.
1: Yeah. I think it's I think it's a very accurate Observation, mm-hmm. but I think that there's some onus both um, that she has as a movie maker and also mm-hmm. on the system or Hollywood or, or the whole film making machinery. Yeah, is that it? Used to be said that um, if you make a movie with a with a black um, protagonist, people won't really come. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry proved that wrong. People make fun of Tyler Perry's Medea characters, but Tyler made billions because he proved that black people would go to movies. I remember yeah. when Tyler Perry was mm-hmm. doing plays and we would actually have gatherings you know, from mm-hmm. our organization and we'd drive to Chicago in vans to go see plays. Mm-hmm. And so we watched that evolution. Um, but people just sort of wrote it off as buffoonery. But those dollars at the box office you know, were not buffoonery. He wasn't being nominated for Oscars, but he was yeah. buying islands. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who own Oscars but don't own islands. <laughs> and so I think others started really listening to it. So what I'm finding, I'm not a filmmaker, but as as a community leader, I have a responsibility to not only challenge the system, but where I have it within my power, I've got to develop black leaders, I've got to hire black leaders. I've got to find a way to negotiate with their bosses to put them on loan to um, to me. I've got we you know, I, I run a, um, an emerging leadership program for African-American influencers because I have a responsibility of bringing others along. Now, what's tough and I'm sure Ava will experience this and others is that when you are at the top of your game, Shonda Rhimes and others, you're trying to crank out your episodes and you're trying to be this trailblazer. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pause and then teach people what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so if we're yeah. not very careful, we play into the system by becoming the Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. the, the Jesse Owens, the MLK Jr. We become the first one in and then are so busy trying to negotiate and fight the demons that are out there and and break through the red tape. That if we don't write what we've done and teach what we've done, if we don't find a way to build academies to bring people along,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, there becomes an issue. And so one of the ways that you that I work at eradicating systems of injustice where I work is by bringing along white allies, but strengthening black partners. And I think you've got to do both. ends. so my response would be definitely there's a very systemic issue that's going on. But I also say. Let's celebrate A Wrinkle in Time. Let's celebrate Moonlighting. Let's celebrate a Moonlight. Let's celebrate these things that are happening because this is historic. Yeah. When you look back over the last two or three years, this is really, really historic. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so celebrate it and then speak out. But let's leverage some of the resources. I mean, there's a lot of money behind Black Panther. These are the movies. Yeah. So... Let's start a motion picture school that rivals USC's mm-hmm. um a movie program that brings in the, the young John Singletons um and the Spike Lees and the young filmmakers. Let's bring those folks in and the artists and let's develop them. But um I'm not going to wait for my I didn't wait for my child's kindergarten teacher to teach her about black history. And I'm gonna we need to stop begging Hollywood to make black movies. Take this money. You know, Bollywood is not asking us to Mm. do this. And then what's the third largest film making? Is it Nigeria? There's a huge Hollywood, I think it's Nigeria, but it's like Hollywood, Bollywood. There's a place in Nigeria where they're making all these individual flicks. And it got beautiful black people in it and they're Mm. strong in their characters and they're not villains. But they just said, We're not gonna ask Hollywood to do us, we're gonna do ourselves. And when we were separate but equal, Black people did black people. Mm-hmm. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we gonna keep asking white people to fully get, fully understand, challenge them, and then give us money to challenge you? Mm-hmm. People typically don't fund um, to have their hand bitten when it's feeding you. Mm-hmm. So we've gotta be really um, um, creative. Black Panther made more movie than some third world countries has as their GNP. <laughs> right. And so let's take that stuff up and not just make white Hollywood richer. Mm-hmm. You know, again, to Tyler Perry's point, He's making his movies out in Atlanta. He's making, he's employing black people and utilizing black people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, we may not like the final product, but his process is pretty, pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I say we have an opportunity with that voice and that platform to challenge the systemic realities. But then Oprah, Ava, you know, Jenkins, others, Mm -hmm. let's do something different and duplicate yourself and bring up the next generation of folks who can do this.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that, Um, especially Ava DuVernay is using her voice Mm -hmm. um, with some of these successes to really speak out on these issues and support um, other black filmmakers and and give uh, rise to that. That does sound to reflect, I think, a little bit in the film, uh, a little bit, not an issue I had, but I was Mm -hmm. a little confused until the very final moments where they did address it. But people are saying this is one of the most complex and well-written villains in a film. Yes. That you really get his background and perspective and know where he's coming from. And it's complex. Sure. It really brings up some things about that, sort of a condemnation that they need to address. And I didn't know if they were, if they were going to kind of polish over it. Um, But then in those final moments, they do kind of open themselves up to, you know, we we can have an influence in the rest of the world and not Mm -hmm. just keep that to ourselves. Sure. Um, But I was wondering how, if you pulled anything out of that or um how you viewed it when you were watching the film
1: I did I processed it a bit with my my daughter who probably should have you know leaned more into film study because she loves doing <laughs> this so she mm. can just analyze a movie like crazy but she said the same thing though she mentioned that um that the Killmonger character was so complex. Mm-hmm. So I think what the beauty of the, of the movie is that it it created atmosphere or an environment where we could talk about the pride in being black and our heritage and the beauty of culture. Um, you'll probably get to this, but just the strength of women and the role of women yeah. in there was very, very powerful. But I also, it it's, it, You know, even though, you know, the the two main, you know, male characters are probably, you know, similar in age, um, you still sort of have the old school um, homeland kind of perspective. And then Killmonger representing sort of the black urban perspective, Mm -hmm. because there's not just one ism. So, yeah, there's race. We've got to affirm that. But, um. They could have been more powerful had they really worked together to understand that that technology had to be shared. But what I don't what I think we also have to consider is what was the fear? We just kept thinking if people find out, we'll have to share Wakanda with everyone. But what were they really saying? Was they, Were they really saying if we find out the Rosses of the world are going to come in and colonialize us mm-hmm. and then compromise our culture? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so so. You can't really fault them for not wanting the whole world to come in because what happens is people, I mean, like Holster about, you know, blood diamonds. It's not like people love Africans or African people, but they love the soil because they love the diamonds. And so they come in and just rape the community just to take everything that it needs. And so to see that complexity of what happens, the struggle, like do we stay to ourselves, do we share what we have, is a very real struggle. Mm -hmm. Can I serve my family and be a mentor and a role model To someone else, you know, do Mm -hmm. I do I put all my energy in trying to to protect my four walls or do I have enough Mm -hmm. to be an uncle, a godfather, a mentor to the broader community? So I thought that was extremely complex, but equally brilliant to be able Mm -hmm. to weave that into the theme where you have gender roles um, being juxtaposed right in front of us. Um, I don't think they make an Oscar. (laughs) that is able (laughs) to capture and reward Mm. the brilliance of that of of that of that movie and if they're completely shunned i understand why because it's just out it's outside their 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 lead but that there are just too many things that are addressing um issues that's just killing our world attitudinally and philosophically and they just bring it up right in front of you Mm
2: -hmm. well there's one thing there's a a lot of like there's like I love the film. There's like a lot of things that I want to mm-hmm. talk about, but I want the, one thing I wanted to point out and ask you about was this. So one of the things I was really happy that I didn't see was like, I could imagine a white person making this film and you know, it's like 1650 and there are slave traders going into Africa and someone's like, why isn't Wakanda helping? And then the, the whole movie is about their failure to save Africa from slavery. And there's like three seconds of that in the film. Um, so one thing i like about is how in one sense how forward-looking it is Mm -hmm. it's not about what white people think about africa it's about a whole different story so but the thing i wanted to mention was like if i'm contrasting two things historically you know you have like a small country that has a technological advantage and a whole lot of weaponry i compare it to like england right and so like there's like t'challa's like or, or, or Tachaka's and the other elders' perspective of not getting involved. You know, it's not our way, he says. And part of that, I saw like a grand nobility, because like what England did was like, ah, oh, we'll just go conquer all the world. We've got right. lots of guns and ships and all kinds of other stuff. And Wakanda didn't do that. Um, and, and you know, and in the film, it, it's not it's not perfect certainly because they they let sure. down a lot of people. Can, you know, um, and you know, we started in Oakland in what 1994, I think. You know, like right at the epicenter of right. a whole lot of stuff. Um, but there was a whole big, you know, like way in which it opened up my mind, like, to different histories. Like, what would the, not so much, like, what would the world have been like, you know, in this fictional world of Wakanda, but, like, what would, what would the world have been like if, like, the British Empire actually was benevolent? Right. Um, and wasn't like, well, yes, we're uh, benevolent a little bit, but mostly we're <laughs> going to take your stuff and enslave you and tell you you're horrible and, you know, and do all that other stuff. Like, what would, what would our world look like?
1: We wouldn't have third world nations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because part of what happens is that it just creates disparity and 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 poverty. And so we so what we think of as third world countries, or reality, probably would not be a reality mm. if a country like England, with weaponry and 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 rich history and, yeah. and 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 wealth, um, have been have been benevolent. Because there is a responsibility with power, and it is to share and uplift and to help. And when we use that, um, uh, inappropriately, that's just it's just really wrong. It's just it's 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 bad.
0: Mm. No, I was going to say, just comment that uh, maybe that's somewhat of a reflection of America, too, which we feel like in a lot of narratives, we were started for, you know, religious freedom and freedom of every individual to pursue their happiness. But that's certainly not the actual history that happened um, as we uh, plowed over uh, many native people. And it was not a value that we followed. No, no, by any means.
1: Um, we love the rhetoric, but we
0: yeah,
2: great PR. Yes, we are yeah, here yes, for the good of all people. Please,
1: that's right. That's right. Please way. get out of the way, please. Yeah. Yes, yeah, De- definitely. I just wanted
0: to know, in general, too, your experience of watching the film. Sounds like you went with your daughter, mm-hmm. um, but we just haven't talked about general, like your experience of, of watching.
1: Um, well, it was it was a it was I, I love the movie. A group of, of about six white people came in late. So I actually missed the first four minutes of the movie, So I didn't understand um, some of what happened in Oakland because, oh, I mean, because yeah. we know we got there early because we knew it was going to be busy. Yeah, um, But it's like this parade of folks. At one point, I just said, hey, hurry up, hurry up. So I've got to see it again to mm. understand the setup. So that that yeah. was that was frustrating. Like you can't come into a black movie all late and all white. Um, the other thing is I love the end because um, what, what I felt T'Challa was showing was we have something to share, we want to share, we want to become a world player. But in a moment, I, I at the end, I really identify with him. And it's because the thought is that if you're black and you're a leader, you're a black leader. Like, <laughs> what do you have to share with the world? <laughs> what could you possibly know? What could you possibly see? So th- that's a very real attitude where black leaders and influencers are wanting to be relegated to black movies or black reality. And, um, but we're people too. We're American too. We live also, we have issues about clean water and clean air and, and, and and politics and leadership. And so that arrogance is very, very real. And we'll, we'll talk to you about race stuff because that's where you're an expert, but don't come talking to us about how to run a nation or run a city or manage a budget or change a school. And so, um, yeah, that piece I really I really take to heart because um that's that's a that's a real pressure. You're a world leader, you're a world power, you have all of the stuff going for you. They should be, you know, leaning on their elbows and their chins and their palms listening to this guy taking notes and they're thinking what, what do you possibly have to offer? And I think very, I think a lot of black innovators Experience that attitude on a regular basis. Mm. I, I I thought that, that was um, a beautiful but sad depiction yeah. of what life is like.
2: Mm. There's a I don't remember who says it, but there's a I think at one point someone says to T'Challa, you know, like, didn't life start in Africa? So aren't you really the king of everybody?
1: Right, right. You know,
2: and so and he's that that I mean, what it seems like he faces him with is this challenge to T'Challa, like, are you are you just gonna take care of Wakanda, or are you gonna somehow find a way to be magnanimous enough? to Damn. like help everybody.
1: Now, now to his defense, part of the one pressure that I experience as a leader who happens to be black is that people will say, okay, you're doing this work, Alex. You know, I have this movement called justified anger. Well, what about, what about the Southeast Asian people? And I said to the white person who asked me that, well, what are you doing about it? Cause you're probably just as close to being Southeast mm-hmm. Asian as I am. Mm-hmm. So because I understand black urban inner city issues, black middle-class issues, I'm supposed to understand, mm-hmm. you know, Hmong, I'm, you know, I, I understand the geography and the background of Laos. Like, what, mm-hmm. are you, what are you saying? So there is this pressure that if you want to do something that really strengthens the black community, mm. there is pressure that you're being that, that you're being short sighted and, you know, and you should be bringing things to bear to the whole broader community. Well, what about the Latinos and what about the LGBT, you know, community? What about what about what about? So it's almost as if as a black leader, I cannot just focus on black issues because it's not it's not fair to just use my blackness on black people. So what about what about what about when I don't feel like I have properly um exerted all my opportunities or privilege or know-how um on the issues that strengthen the black community. So yeah. there's there's a constant bombardment of um distractors are saying, "Hey, come here, come here, be on this committee, be on this plan, be on this, talk to us about this." So I I I can relate to that a little bit. Mhm. Yeah, um,
0: and I just wanted to mention that uh, what I appreciated is uh, what you talk a lot about is like white allies and um, kind of joining in your, uh, your mission. Um, and we have the one character played by Martin Freeman. Um, I think it was Everett Ross was the character. Mm-hmm. But he kind of gets um, pulled along into things and brought into Wakanda um, unknowingly. And so he, he becomes sort of an ally of um, of this nation and the heroes that we see, and I thought that was kind of a cool depiction. And then the first time we see him in this film, he's very much like, "I I'm from America, so we're gonna kind of handle this. If you could kind of step aside and not get in our way, you know, I, I understand you you have something good
1: going here, but um, we know how to handle this. So please yeah. stay out of the way. I, you're being generous. I would still call him a would be ally. Okay, I would say he was a helper. Helper. I yeah. think an ally is an att- attitudinal change. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean. Pr- They probably want him to to arrive at that point, but I think when someone... I mean, he certainly was thinking he was calling the shots and leading the Mm -hmm. parade, and so he just sort of found out inadvertently through their strength that he didn't really know what he knew. He wasn't really calling the shots, but I don't know if he really came to the place of understanding they've got to really do this, and I'm being supportive. He did some things that's very helpful, but the way I think of allies is that they walk into a situation realizing I'm not running this. I don't know what's best, and they they learn to lead mm-hmm. with that. And so I, I think they ascribe into him a sense of um, of of allyship that I'd love to have seen develop more. I yeah. loved his character and how that developed. Mm-hmm. But I just think to say in the real, real world, um, that word ally is thrown around very loosely. That if mm-hmm. someone flanks, yeah. if, they're, if I'm flanked by them, whether they're doing something I like or don't want, they're still an ally. Like, well, Alex, I'm here. I'm here. Mm-hmm. But when you get mm-hmm. that they've set an agenda... They've got the expertise. They've got the power and the technology. And I'm talking down to them like they're the hired help. Yeah, That takes a while mm-hmm. to shift. And I think that's yeah. when a person really becomes an ally. Yeah, I, I agree with you.
0: Um, and I think it's a little surface level. But I like at that last scene... At the end, you're talking about where they kind of say, we're going to show sure, them. They say, well, what do you have to offer? And we get that quick shot of him smiling because right. he knows he, what's going on. Right. So I, I think it is you know, bringing people into proximity of communities yes. that they're yes. not used to, that they can learn um, from the inside and kind of see, absolutely see right. the difference. So absolutely I right. agree. He's, he's on a path. Um, Definitely. Seeing that.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And, and one thing we haven't talked much about, but I'll just say my daughter loved the role of the women in the mm, she Yeah, Absolutely right? so there's a cultural thing, mm-hmm. but she just talked about women not need not needing to be um rescued. She loved yeah. the fact that they're standing in front of, you know, right you know, right mm-hmm. humongous, you know, rhinoceros. Yeah. Um anyway, that was that part was very affirming. So so I think Black men were affirmed in a lot of ways, you know. Black people were, but black women really were, and the relationship between black men and black women. Yeah, they they often was, called out the men too. Right, on, it was on what yeah. they should be doing. Right, that was around. it was very it was very beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I enjoyed it. It makes me realize that I want to see it a few more times to just dissect it a little bit. I'm thinking about either doing a lecture series mm-hmm. on some of the key points, or sort of um um a sermon series or something. Yeah. But there are pieces I want to bring out that I think are relatable. But I think what I would do with my um my white would be allies is that's people to go see it and then mm-hmm. let's meet up someplace. And then, you know, for maybe three or four weeks, talk about some that's of the there. key points and how it relates to real, to 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 a black worldview and just do some work around it. Because I think we have to use artistic forms like that mm-hmm. to educate people. Because right now we've been looking back on history and trying to understand it the current events. That's a little bit more artistically um, complicated, And I think it gives us a chance to sort of be still in time Mm -hmm. and dissect it in a way that can be really useful. And just talking with you about it is making me think, hmm, I want to go (laughs) sit down and write out what a five-part discussion like that would be like Mm -hmm. and offer that up in the community. Yeah, that's great.
0: Uh, Well, thanks for being with us, Um, Alex. We really appreciate your point of view and um, talking through
1: this film with us. Um, I enjoyed it. Thank you.